Hi, Brittany. What are we doing here? Where am I? <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> well, Alex, welcome to alternative theater history. Oh no, I'm back in college again. <laughs> I'm too old for this. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> All right, so this is our, our inaugural episode. Uh -huh. So we're basically just going to go over who on earth we are, okay. why you should even consider listening to us. Not sure. And uh, what what is theater history and why, why, is, why is this worth making a podcast about? Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. I'm Brittany. One of your co-hosts. Yes. And also your wife. My wife. Yes, not yours. The, not your wife, listeners. That would no, be strange. That that would be really, probably illegal. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I can't be a wife of too many people. Well, I don't know. I think Depends it on varies state, state to state. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is in the state of Maryland, but here we are. Um, I am your co-host. I've done theater for a very long period of time in varying ways. Mm -hmm. And I think my biggest credential is that I was crazy enough to go all the way through and get a PhD in theater and performance studies because that's what I decided to do with my life. And I am an absolute nerd for theater history. Yes. How about you? I'm Alex. I'm your other co-host. And I've been doing theater for theater and entertainment for, I think, technically about 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a really cute picture of you at your parents' house where you're dressed in a little star. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it did. I guess the, like a, the, the validity of, of the theater that I've done is, is <laughs> dependent on your, your personal <laughs> philosophy on that. But yeah, no, I'm, I've been entrenched in theatrics for pretty much my whole life. Uh, went to undergrad for theater and I got my master's in scenography. So I'm a designer and technician and that side of things the back side of things uh, although I've done the front side of acting and all that stuff Absolutely. too um, but yeah and I was one of those people that probably slept through most of my theater history classes because they were really boring well I can tell you right now there was a time when you were in theater history I know that, what uh, your story is oh yes. I know exactly what this story is <laughs> we went to the same college uh -huh. we met in college yes. in the theater department uh -huh. And the way that the theater spaces there were were kind of set up, mm -hmm. the lecture hall was in a basement, mm -hmm. and there was a back door with a window to it. Yes. You could see into the back line of the classroom, and, and I, you always sat yes, I was in the, the back corner right next to the door. Yep. Nine times out of ten, if I walked down the hall when you were in your theater history class, you were playing World of Warcraft. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's that was your theater history. It was the history of World of Warcraft. I mean, it, uh, to be fair, there's probably some allegories you can draw there. Uh, valid. <laughs> so, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Theater history for pretty much most of the theater people I knew growing up, um, through college, through, I mean, heck, even in during my MFA. Mm -hmm. Theater history was the class that you kind of had to take. You knew you didn't really want to take it's your, it. It's, it's your theater degree medicine. You yeah. have to take it. You know it's good for you, but you don't like it. No, no. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be the Mary Poppins that gives you a spoonful of sugar to help Ooh. that medicine go down. Yum, 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 yum. Delicioso. So, I am a firm believer that theater history is actually pretty rad, for lack of a better way to put it. Yes. Unfortunately. You are one of those people. <laughs> there are dozens of you. <laughs> 
dozens. <laughs> Thanks. We might have a baker's dozen in the group that of people that I know. Luckily, I was able to find a small village of mm-hmm. theater historians and like-minded theater history people when I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, even when I was teaching theater history, I had to remind my students that I know you don't want to be here, but can you can you please try? Luckily, I started figuring out that when I stopped teaching the things I was supposed to teach and started teaching the history I wanted to teach, suddenly students started caring. Right, yeah. No, you, you've got a way of caring about teaching theater history that I feel like most theater history teachers have sort of checked out at this point. Yeah, because <laughs> honestly, for a lot of a lot of theater faculty members that I've talked to before, especially in your if you're in a performing heavy department, the theater history teacher is the one that's like, well, I guess someone's got to teach it. In the same way that you guys, as the students, were like, well, someone's got to take it. Mm. I guess we have to. So I'm here to kind of break that apart a little bit. Theater history, when it was first added, it's kind of like the way of legitimizing theater as something that you can study in universities it made theater something that was important enough to be given to give out a degree legitimate exactly with air quotes for our hard hard air quotes this is something that i've done a lot of research on it and i know that whenever theater first started becoming major like an option for a major in universities that was a huge part of it Mm -hmm. was you had to have some sort of text and context-based sort of course and you had to have your theater history otherwise it wasn't going to be considered worthy of deeming a degree Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of people that are going into this as well I guess this is the thing like you said earlier it's the medicine you have to take even though all you really want to do is get on stage and do your acting drills or get backstage and use your actual drills whatever the case may be (laughs) and I was that kid that was like but can we have more theater history please yeah if we if we don't learn from our theater history we are doomed to repeat it yes so if you fail theater history you're doomed to repeat it well when you look at it that way i will say this though one of my favorite students that i ever have had the pleasure of working with Mm. i only got him in my class one of my classes because he didn't pass it the first couple of times so i was really glad that he had to take it a couple of times that's fine so that i could meet him hopefully i'll be able to get him on here one of these days too so what we're what i'm hoping to do for this podcast and future episodes each week i'm gonna show you something strange something different something interesting and i'm gonna try to teach you alex and you listeners you about why you should maybe care a little bit i'm not gonna say a lot but a little bit right and i'm gonna be here for you listeners because i remember about 20 percent of the theater history that i paid attention to in college so that's a good uh, i don't know five percent of theater history probably Mm -hmm. that i actually remember uh so i'm here to ask the dumb questions that you all might have and just provide that nice sort of outsider perspective and crack some jokes and make y'all laugh. Yeah, that's 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 how he got me. Cracking jokes. Ha-ha. Making me laugh. So, Alex. Yes. Question for you. Uh-huh. So what do you remember from theater history, if anything? Uh, let's see. As we all know, theater began in Greece. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no theater earlier than Greece. It is just Greece. <laughs> uh, um, this and, is a great place to start. Uh, yeah. 
no, then Rome showed up and stole the theater from Greece, among other cases. things. Oh, what came after that? The Renaissance, I think, was no medieval. Came, I medieval. Was say, the Renaissance came directly after. Not the directly. It did. Okay. It did come after. Okay. To be fair, this is uh, true. No, medieval theater was after that. Lots of Jesus. Then Renaissance. Uh, that's when we get some cool stuff. Commedia comes in. Mm-hmm. We get a bunch of your favorite Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. We get, and friends. And friends. Yeah, Marlowe. Right, Marlowe. Marlowe. Whatever. Yes. Not Merlot. Merlot. That's a little different. But still one of your favorites. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I'm more of a white wine, but, but that's that, fine. That, you know, after that. I think at that point, then it just transitions into modern theater, and we're pretty much into, like, you know, modern day. There's mm-hmm. nothing really important between the Renaissance and 2020. Okay. <laughs> So does, does theater only happen in Europe? Uh, oh, according to theater history class, yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, that's not entirely true. I think there was a week dedicated to everywhere else. <laughs> so for a week, there was theater everywhere else. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, so for a, a week, yeah. a solid week. So yeah. I'm assuming two class periods. Probably, yeah. You got the rest no, of the No, I world. know about the, I know there's there's the Sanskrit drama. Okay, that's the, a good start. There's Chinese theater. and Yes. I mean, they're just all East. East Asian theater, uh, you know, Beijing opera, all that. That's mm-hmm. fun stuff. Oh, uh, what else there? I mean, I could go into the details of yeah. those individual periods, but it's like a general sort of timeline. Swath. Have you ever been taught anything about Latin American theater? Uh, South American theater? South, no, 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 no. I think Spain, Spanish theater. Okay. Uh, African theater? Um... African American theater. Okay. Russian theater? Or any any sort of uh, a little like a little dip into like Eastern European Eastern European a lots okay. of uh lots of opera I feel like came out of uh, Eastern okay. Europe. So, okay. Right, right. So you, or ballet. Ballet was the other thing. There yeah, you that, go. That, that's what it that's was. the one. So, so you've got a, a very, you've basically got what I expected. Yeah, the baseline. This is what... I graduated from college uh-huh. with a theater degree, theater history. And this is where <laughs> my problem lies. Because this is what I hear from so many theater practitioners. That this is what theater history is. And that's... Well, very generally speaking, there is a straight line from point A to point B and on through. It is super general and you're missing all the fun parts. Mm -hmm. And that's something that whenever you are as a practitioner, especially, or a theater scholar, you're missing so much of the context that brings about the pieces you're working with. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it cool. So uh, yes, I did just sing a little bit. I don't know why that happened, but here we are. We're in a theater podcast. It's appropriate. Oh, is it okay for me to break out in song? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go high school musical. As long as it's it's in iambic pentameter and it is... uh, Alex, hmm. can you get your head in the game? No, absolutely not. Getcha, getcha, getcha. We're not all in this together. (laughs) Getcha. You're all on your own, listeners. All right, thanks. Godspeed. Oh, Godspell. So that is definitely something that we're we're going to be talking about. Well, history was written by the winners, right? So Europe won history. Well, the not history. technically. Not technically. History was usually written by the losers about who were the winners. then writing about the winners. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that whole history was written by the winners thing is not always for the winners maybe is that is very true about the winners winners. but very very rarely did we get to hear like both sides of each story for the winners 
about the winners, but not by the winners. That's where we come into historiography, Ah. which I will get into in in future podcast episodes. But basically taking history and saying that there's more than one side to history. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the full picture of history, then you're not telling it right. Mm -hmm. Or you could be not telling it right. And that's that's where I have a lot of fun because I can come up with things and re-envision history and just be like, hey, where are all the women at? If you're listening to this podcast about theater history, does your phone become a historiograph? I mean, it could. That was a joke, everybody. This is the kind of comedy that you've come here for. I've set the bar very low. I was going to say that was really low because the... I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, like a, like a phonograph or a oh. telegraph. Oh. Or other. Hey, everybody! Like a welcome to uh, <laughs> welcome to alternative theater history. I'm Alex, and I'm off the podcast. <laughs> I'll give you a second try or trial run next week. So for next week, just to kind of give you a quick preview mm-hmm. of what to expect, uh, we are going to be talking about a fancy little thing called the Katzen Clavier. This is the cat piano. Yes. It is a cat piano. Mm-hmm. And we're really going to dive in right off the bat with uh, something that's a little bit of history, a little bit of mystery, and a whole lot of disturbing. Yeah. So uh, Trigger warning for anyone who owns a cat, I guess. I don't know. Well, I'm going to try not to be really bad about it. But... I will. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, if you are a cat person, you've been forewarned. Please join us in episode three. <laughs> Haven't decided what we're going to talk about yet. Maybe orange wenches, but we'll get there um but yeah so everyone else we'll see you in episode two you can find us at alternative theater history on instagram and hopefully you stick around for for the next episode thanks for listening bye everybody it's been great we'll see you next time let's learn something